The Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 5, starting at verse 33, you will find these words. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. I just want to speak with you for a few moments from the thought. Don't add anything to God's word. Don't add anything to God's word. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Once again, we are raptured by the fact that the book of Matthew is written from the perspective of Jesus being king. Not king of the world, but king of a kingdom that is not of this world. Jesus told Pilate, he said, yes, you are right, I am a king, but my kingdom is not of this world. If it had been, then my servants would not have allowed me to be delivered up, but my kingdom is not of this realm. So the book of Matthew is written as Jesus as king. And every king has some requirements for citizenship in his kingdom. He has some requirements on how the citizens of that kingdom are to live. And there we find the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount, beginning with the Beatitudes at the beginning of chapter 5. The Sermon on the Mount is, ch- is chapters 5, 6, and 7. And so the king is highlighting and he's, he's outlaying his requirements for citizenship in his kingdom. If you're going to be in the kingdom of God, there's some things that you've got to do. You can't just live any old kind of way and do any kind of thing and still expect to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. Amen. And so in this text, We have seen that 
Jesus has dealt with multiple issues from divorce and remarriage and dealing with murder and adultery. And now he's dealing with oaths and vows. And I entitled our message, Adding Something to to God's Word, because in all these situations, the audience that Jesus was speaking to had added to his word. See, the religious leaders of that time, especially the Pharisees and scribes, they had come up with their own tradition to add to an interpretation of the law. And it was interpretive to their advantage so that they could get away with some things that were out of the will of God, but yet still look pious and righteous. They were masters at playing church. And so in our text, we, we find that Jesus kept putting against what you have heard and what he says. Because when we look back, we find that in the earlier verses that he said, it has been said, and then he says, but I say. He says in 31, it has been said in 32, but I say. In 33, again, you have heard, but in 34, I say. So Jesus, it appears that Jesus is changing what the law has said, but that's not what he's doing at all. What he's doing is he's correcting this self-righteous made-up laws that the religious leaders have added to the true scriptures and bringing them back to where they ought to be. Amen. The the religious leaders had a way of coming up with ways out of things. In other words, instead of taking care of their parents, they had what was called Corbin. They said, well, instead of being able to take care of my parents, I have given all of my goods to the temple. Therefore, I don't have anything that I can give to my parents because it's all given to the temple. Corbin. But the reality was they were going to the back of the building, amen, and they were extracting the resources right out of the back and still using it for their selfish ways. They were always adding something to the word for their own selfish reasons. They had come up with the idea that, oh, it's all right to uh, get a divorce because Moses said, to give a certificate of divorce. So what they were doing is they were giving divorces for other reasons other than sexual immorality. They were getting tired of their wives and so what would end up happening is then they would divorce their wives but then their eyes was on another man's wife and that man's eyes was on their wife. They would divorce and then they'll do some wife swapping. But Jesus came to say, oh no. He who divorces for a woman for any other reason except sexual immorality is an adulterer. And anyone who marries that woman is also an adulterer. See, he caught them up in that trick and said, you all are going to be adulterers. You aren't going to come up with this wife swapping game and get away with it. How many of y'all know that with sin and God, you don't get away with it? Amen. Amen. And so God caught them in the throat right where they were with their made up laws and the the ways for them to get out of things and how 
how they were coming up with all kind of ways to look pious and look holy. But as he said, they were whitewashed sepulchers full of excess and distortion. See, that's one of the dangers about looking upon the outside of a person and thinking that you know exactly what they are on the inside. The Pharisees and the scribes were masters. I mean, none of the, the folks that would also hear this message in Jerusalem would ever think that the Pharisees and the scribes were not God's children. They couldn't believe that they weren't on their way to heaven. I mean, after all, these guys walked around and they knew all 613 laws by heart. They could quote the laws when other folks couldn't even find the law in the scroll. But that's not enough. A religious walk does not determine your destination. You can walk like you're living for God. You can put up a front but bust hell wide open. But you just learned how to play church. And there are some masters even today that if we really knew, we'd be so surprised. We'd be like, I could not believe that such and such was playing church. That's how they would say about the Pharisees and the scribes. Oh, no. Not them. They are the holy one. They are the leaders we look up to. When we got a question about scripture, we can go to them. We need to find what something is. I mean, they know it. But Jesus called them hypocrites. He said on the outside, y'all look saved. But on the inside, mm -mm. there's no salvation in you. Amen? And so we come to Another section in the Sermon on the Mount where the king is getting stuff straightened out. See, the king is saying, okay, now y'all have heard a lot of stuff. But I'm here to straighten it out and tell you what really thus said the Lord. So we come to this text and we see that he says, again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. And then Jesus says, but I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is the footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, Because you cannot make one hair white or black. When you look at this passage, you can easily misinterpret it to believe that Jesus was saying, don't make any oaths or any vows. But remember, he was talking to some religious leaders who were hypocrites. What Jesus is exposing here is their manner of oaths. Amen. He said, you have heard how oaths are really supposed to be done. Because your oaths, if you're going to make one, you got to make it to somebody who can do something about it. Amen. Amen. And the only one can do something about it, Brother Wheeler, amen, is God. 
Because men die and men lie. But God will never die, nor will he ever lie. Men run out of power, but God has all power in his hand. So what Jesus is exposing is some uh, verbal gymnastics, if you will, that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes were using when they make oaths. If you look at the text, he says, not, not by heaven, huh, for it is God's throne, and not by earth, for it is footstool. See, what they were doing is they understood this. See, that was the deadly thing about these leaders. They really understood how things were supposed to be. But they were twisting things so that it would work for them because really and truly all they wanted to do is look good in front of other folks but then do whatever they wanted to do behind closed doors. Amen. And sometimes we find that in the Christian church, in the church, there are folks who want to look good when the lights are on. Amen. They want to look good in front of other folks. But when the lights go off and the week goes on and the doors close, they go back to living in sinful ways. Jesus was fighting against hypocrisy. That's what he's dealing with when he's talking about this whole divorce and remarriage and he's talking about adultery and murder. He, he's, talking about, he's talking about hypocrisy because that's what was going on. These folks were playing church. So the king is saying to those who want to be kingdom citizens, don't be a hypocrite. Don't, don't come out like these leaders and talk about I, I, I swear before God and that I'll do this and I'll do that and I, I make an oath and all of this. He says, look, you don't have it in you to do it in the first place and you know it. You're trying to look like you're holy, but you're not. Stop it. Be authentic. Be real. If you're cold, be cold. If you're hot, be hot. But when you're lukewarm, Revelation said, he will spew you out of his mouth. God doesn't like wishy-washy. Come on in or go on out. He'd rather you be out all the way or in all the way because if you're out all the way, you're real about where you are and God can work with you to get you in. But when you're playing like you're in but you're out, then you act like you are well and not of a need of physician. Remember, Jesus said, I didn't come to those who were well, but I came to those who were sick. See, the religious leaders acted like they were well, but they were really very sick. But they put on a front like they were well. They were lukewarm in everything that they were doing. God just wants us to be real. If you don't know him, say you don't know him. Act like you don't know him. If you know him, say you know him and act like it. Don't be wishy-washy. Don't act like you know him, but really you don't. Don't talk like that. Don't show everybody else one face, but live another. Be real. So he says in these oaths, he says, I caught you guys. That's what he's really saying here. I see what you were doing. He says, in order to give a technicality at which you could get out of your oaths, instead of swearing by God, you swear it on heaven, you swear it on earth, you swear it at Jerusalem, you swear in the, you, 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 you swear by your own head. 
Because you realize you didn't want to keep those oaths in the first place. Well, You wanted a way out if you didn't like what you had promised anyway. So what you figured out is you said, well, I know if, uh, if I swear on God, God has something to do about it. So what I'll do is I'll swear on something else. So that, so that it's not binding. It's like, yeah, I, um, I, I promise I'll do this while all the time they got their fingers behind them. But you know how we used to do when we were kids and we were silly, we would cross our fingers and then act like, you know, well, I, my fingers was crossed, so, you know, I told this lie, but I'll be all right. Huh? That's what they were doing. They were swearing on other things so that they would have a technicality to get out of doing what they promised. And Jesus called them out on it. Jesus said, "Uh uh-huh, I see what you're doing, but I'm going to fix that too. Don't swear on any of this stuff. He said, don't swear in heaven because that's where God is. Don't swear on earth because that's where his footstool is. He said, don't swear on Jerusalem because that is the throne of the king. He said, I'm watching all these spots. And as a matter of fact, don't even swear on your own head. Because as a matter of fact, I'm the one who turns your hair white or black. I'm the one who has all your hairs numbered. And he says, you don't swear on nothing. Matter of fact, stop swearing all together for you hypocrites here. Stop, stop giving oaths because you're not going to do them anyway. He said, just shut your mouths. Just uh uh-uh. Don't want to hear from you hypocrites. And I've caught you in the stuff that you've set up. You set up a game by which you will look holy in front of everybody else, but you're full of deception. You're full of hypocrisy. And you go around saying that you're going to keep this and do that, and you know good and well that you ain't going to do it. That's what Jesus is saying to them. And he's saying to them, but let your yes be yes, and your no be no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. He calls them out and he just basically calls them the son of Satan. Because he says, the stuff y'all are doing is more than the law. Amen. You have added to the law and because of that, it's coming from the evil one. It's coming from your father, the devil. On another occasion, Jesus just called them all out and said, you say your father is God, but you don't respect me. He said, really, your father is the devil. But goodness, how would the people understand? Man, this is our leaders. This are our treasurers. This is our pastors, our leaders, our religious leaders that run the temple. And that's another thing that we must understand. Just because somebody's holding the office of deacon, pastor, does not mean that they're saved. Folks are going to seminary every day for a job. They see that it can possibly be lucrative to go get a high degree from seminary and become a pastor of a wealthy church. They're not going to serve the Lord. They're going to fill their own pockets. But they are skilled at what they do. And they can preach good sermons and do some things, but their heart is far from him. Paul the apostle said at one point, he said, after I have preached everybody in, I myself be disqualified. So don't get caught up 
in things where just why folks are looking like something. See, God can look through all that stuff. God can get past all that. And the thing here is for us to hear the words of Jesus as those who want to be part of his kingdom and say, is it I, Lord? Is it me that's living like a hypocrite? Am I just putting on a holy front and living any kind of way during the week? Or am I walking with the Lord Sunday through Saturday? And it's the life that I sing about and I preach about and I teach about and I tell everybody about when I'm at church. Is that the life that I live or am I living a dual life? If when I leave here, do I start cussing folks out and fussing? Do I start stealing and pilfering from the money box? Do I go out and start doing things that are not in your sight? Do I live a life that is not the same as the life I portray when I'm at church? Well. Do I say to Lord, I'll serve you till I die. I promise you, Lord, but you ain't serving him no time. You coming to service, but you ain't doing no serving. See, we got to look at ourselves and we got to have an introspective and say, does our daily walk match our talk? Has the promises we made God when God brought us into his kingdom, are we following it? Are we endeavoring to stay on the right road now? Amen. Or are we using Christianity and the covering of grace and mercy as a license to sin? See, Romans chapter 6 talked about that same thing when they were saying, well, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? I mean, after all, since grace can overcome all sin, then should we continue to allow grace to grow by us continuing to sin? Paul caught him in the collar right there and said, God forbid. You don't use God's grace as a license to sin. Oh, God knows my heart and he'll forgive me. No, you're going with premeditated thoughts. You better be careful. Because God is not a respecter of persons. And then whatever you sow, that you will also reap. Huh? God will not be marked. Be careful how you live as it relates to how you portray yourself to be. And many can play this game, but nobody can fool God. You can fool some of the people some of the time. Matter of fact, you may even fool all of the people some of the time, but you cannot fool God none of the time. So our encouragement today is to make sure that we're real. That we haven't tried to add something to scripture that's not there. One of them is when we say this, well, God knows my heart. So God knowing your heart is a license to sin. I can't find that in scripture. If anybody finds that, let me know. But God knowing your heart is not a license to sin. Yes, God does know our hearts, and that's an indictment on us. Amen. Because the heart is desperately wicked, deceitful above all things who can know it. Amen. We need a heart fixing. Amen. We need God to come in and take these hearts of stone and make some hearts of flesh. God knowing our heart causes us to repent. And to turn, amen, and to rely on the Holy Spirit, Deacon Johnson, so that we can walk right to match our talk. After we have dressed up and looked good on Sunday, Brother Wheeler, and we have sang our songs and done what we did, are we going to allow the Holy Ghost 
to lead us into walking right on Monday. On Tuesday, when, 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 when we're on our jobs and things are getting crazy, on Wednesday, when we go to the grocery store and, and the checkers is, 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 is upset and don't hardly want to do anything for you, getting all upset, how are we going to act then? How are we going to act when our children are talking crazy to us? How are we going to act when it feels like our husband or our wife, we're growing apart? Are, are we going to still seek the Lord or are we going to seek our own way? It's an opportunity to go with that which we promised when we accepted Christ. We said we were going to serve him till we died. Did we not? We said we were serving. We sing these songs. But are we living that? It's a good time to look inside of ourselves and to look and say, Lord, is it I? What kind of life am I living? Am I doing what I promised that I would do for you? Or have I come up with a cross your fingers Situation to say, well, God knows my heart. That's no license for sin. Amen. Amen. So church, I encourage us as a whole, amen, to look at ourselves and look at our walk on a daily basis against scripture and to see, are we being pharisaical? Are we being like scribes? And we are writing in the scripture that which is not there. Are we trying to change the law for our own perspectives? Uh, uh, Brother Jimmy, there, there are folks out here who are taking the law and they're taking a piece of it here and a piece of it there because they have ulterior motives. Amen. They're, they're, they're trying to build their own kingdoms, but they use pieces of the word. So they'll take a piece here and a piece there, add a little something here and add a little something there just to get their agenda off the ground. But they're not thinking about the agenda of the king. But the king is saying here today, he said, I'm not going to be mocked. And nobody's going to get by me on the technicality. I see everything and I know whether or not you're walking right or not. So the thing to do is to get started right now. And to get on board and to get right with the Lord and to ask the Lord to come in your heart and to change you and to rearrange you and to make you like him so that you can walk in his will because you can't do it unless he's on the inside. You can't do it because you can play this thing for only so long and one day you're just going to have to get off the train. But when the old ship of Zion comes in, there's not going to be a ticket in your hand. But get it right right now. Get everything in order and get it fixed so that you can be confident in knowing that you are a child of God and your, your, your life is safe in his hands. Amen. So at this time, I open the doors of the church. Amen. Okay. Amen. Amen. Open the doors of the church. Amen. And if there's someone here who knows that their lives are just not in his hands. You don't walk with him. You don't talk with him. You don't know that he is your father in heaven. You don't know that you are his own. Right now is the time to get your business fixed. While the blood is running warm in your veins. Don't, don't wait another minute, another second, another hour. Right now is the day of salvation. You can come today. Jesus died for you. He gave his life for you that you might live. 
Jesus has his arms open wide and he says, come right now. You can come today. You can come today.
none came, but there is still plenty of good room. And Sister Children said, if there's anyone here who does not know him, you can open your heart. Amen. Amen. And he will come in. Amen. 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 All right. Well, if all hearts and minds are clear, amen, let us stand for our benediction and prayer. And after we're done there, we'll be in the hands of our ushers. Amen. 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 Continue to keep all these families in prayer, too. Amen. It's a heavy time. Amen. But God will see us through. Amen. Lord, we bless your name for another day, O God. Lord, thank you for all the things that we have heard and seen on today, O God. And Lord, we ask that you hide the words of your scripture in our hearts, Lord, that we sin not against thee. Lord, equip us and direct us and correct us, O God. Lord, that we be the representatives that you would have us to be in this world. Lord, continue to bless and and strengthen the families, Lord, that are under heavy duress at this time, O God. And, Lord, we know that you got all power in your hand, and we know that you're able and willing. So, Lord, have your way, O oh God. Lord, we depend on you for everything, O oh God. And, Lord, we're so happy to know that we can call on your blessed yeah. name. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask that you bless the offerings that we're about to give. Lord, bless our tithes and our offerings, O oh God, that it might be used for kingdom building, O oh God. Lord, that it might be used to, to expand and to, to manifest your vision for New Zion here in this community and abroad, O oh God. Lord, we don't understand all the things that you have for us to do, but Lord, those things that you have revealed, O oh God, Lord, let us be about it. Lord, thank you for an opportunity to be part of what you're doing in this season. Lord, we ask these things in the blessed name of Jesus and the whole church saying, Amen. Please be seated.